This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to The Blank Podcast, the podcast where we delve into those difficult moments with some well-known guests. I'm Giles Paley-Phillips and my friend and companion on this journey and to the right, no, the left of me, in fact, is the one and only Jim Daly. Quite nice being on the other end of the intro, isn't it? I I think I was going to say loads more stuff and then I actually went a bit blank. Well, it, but it was nice, actually. You built yeah. up suspense. Yeah. I felt like I was being introduced on stage. Yeah. It was nice. I like it. That, that was kind of what I was going for, that, that kind of stage. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Thank you. You should do more intros. Oh, well, I'm happy to do them. Yeah, I sort of hog them. You should You should. No, you well, should you're very good at doing them. How's it going? <laughs> good. <laughs> How are it's you? Quite, I'm all right. It's quite a warm day. I'm very sweaty today. Yeah. It's very hot in London. We're it in is. London. Well, I've got shorts on. Anytime the sun comes out, shorts come out. And I'm on. in black. Yeah, yeah. This is probably not an error, really. Not ideal. Not no. ideal. But it is nice. The sun is here. Summer's yeah. arrived. Yeah. And I it's, so. uh, I love I love the summer. I've got a friend who doesn't like the summer. Oh, really? We might have on this podcast at some point. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't agree with that. I love it. I feel better. You know, it makes me feel might happy. More, more sunshine, more vitamin C. Do you think you might have sad? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I get it pretty badly. Yeah. So Do you have one of those light boxes? Uh, yes, but um, I couldn't get the batteries to work. <laughs> and that was about six years ago. Um, and I Sorry, I shouldn't laugh yeah. at your ailment, but I, I, just, like, I couldn't yeah. get it to work. Yeah. Oh. But I'm, I'm sure there are good light boxes out I there. I guess you could just go and have like a sun tanning kind of session. That might help. It's the same, it's a similar sort of thing, isn't it? Like UV lights. Oh, maybe. You get tan at the same time. Yeah, maybe. Hadn't thought of that. Hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> today, actually, I was just noticing our top and tails are getting more boring. <laughs> well, no one listens to them anyway. <laughs> People do. You know that thing on the app where you can go forward for 15 <laughs> seconds? People yeah. just pressing that over and over and over until they get three minutes Oh, they're in. still talking. They're still talking. <laughs> yeah, come on. Where's that? Oh, there we go. Uh, how's your week been? Very good. 
Yeah, well, it was quite a big week for us. It was a it? very big week for us. Yeah, we had our first ever award ceremony. We did. British Podcast Awards, which was pretty crazy. We didn't win. I mean, the odds of us winning were fairly slim when you look at the competition. Very, very stiff competition. Some amazing podcasts. But you know what? We said, like we said before, um, when we found out we were nominated, it's just so lovely to be recognised. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So. I couldn't believe we were there, yeah, really. Exactly. There's so many famous some, people oh, there. It's incredible to be in that room with yeah. so many brilliant podcasters. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a great night. So thank you to the, the British Podcast Awards yeah. for having us there and for anyone that supported us getting there, yeah. whoever nominated us or suggested us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, well, we've got, I think we've got our first. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, hear your pen squeaking. Um, your terrible marker pen doesn't yeah. work. Our first businessman. Yeah. Yeah. So we've, cause we, we've had quite a lot of different performers, obviously comedians and actors. We've had a politician. Yeah. Um, we've had, what else have we had? Sports people, footballers. Yeah. yeah. And now we're getting a business person. Yeah, and I think when we started the pod, we wanted to diversify where we went with it because obviously, we, you know, we, we love talking to actors and comedians and writers and um, that kind of thing because that's kind of what we're in those industries. But it's, you know, the, the whole black point of blank was that we would talk to all people from all different types of areas. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's great to be able to talk to someone who's so successful. Yeah, and business. also someone who has a link to us because he is the chairman of Crystal Palace, Indeed. the team we support, yeah. Mr. Steve Parrish. Yeah, um, Steve's a lovely guy. I've met Steve um, a few times now and he's such a great um, person to be around. He's got amazing energy and uh, he's always, what I've found, is always very honest and candid, which mm-hmm. you don't often find um, in football chairman. No, well, you don't find no. it in football in general. Yeah. No, very true. And I, I don't surround myself with a lot of business people uh, being a freelance <laughs> creative. Maybe I should do, actually, get yeah, more. Maybe I get we more should work. get some more tips. Um, so uh, it's definitely a different interview for us, for me. But um, I don't know. Are business people honest? Because I find I've interviewed Steve on my Palace podcast mm. a few times, and he's always very open. But I don't know. Are business people like that? Is Steve different from most business people? I don't know. I, I, I think so. I think, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think you, what you see is what you get with Steve. I think he's always really open, um, particularly about, um, obviously, his main business is is the football club. So, yeah. and, you know, I think, like we just said, it's very rare to find that in, in a football, in the football industry, to find someone who's very open about that. And it's great for us as fans of the club um, to have someone at the helm of the club who is so honest and open um, about what's going on. I think, you know, we're very lucky in that respect. Yeah, I agreed. Well, and do you know what? We're lucky to have him on the pod, so I think yeah. we should just dive straight in. I certainly should, yeah. Uh, this is uh, Steve Parrish on The Blank Podcast. Cool. <laughs> Do you have black moments then, Steve? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, after games, when yeah. you lose. How do you get through them? Um, I've learned, really, I've got to go out when you lose and stay in when you win. Yeah. You, you know, you've got to do the opposite thing, really. But it's hard it's hard because it's a public failing isn't it you know and if you if you're a person that seeks responsibility then you have to take responsibility don't you You, so you just feel and then if you really want to feel bad about yourself you can go on Twitter and yeah which you kind of do it's kind of like a 
sackcloth and ashes moment, isn't it? Yeah. You go on there and to reinforce all these things, all these mistakes you know you've made, you go and reinforce them with, <laughs> yeah. you know. Do you not feel tempted to delete Twitter off your phone and just not... Just not well, you know, it's, you know what you're going to get. But I think it's part of the process, really, almost. It, it, I think it, it depends how sanguine you are really about the going down there, you know, like mm. going in there. Mm. Like sometimes I think it helps you to go in there. But obviously there are moments when it's dark, like... Yeah, properly dark. Yeah. Like it's like really self-flagellation slightly for you then, is it? Yeah, I think it is. I think you do. We got straight into it, haven't we? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's so much riding on what we're trying to do, for me, that that's all wrapped up in it. You know, you're not just losing a football... If you're just losing a football match, it wouldn't... <clears throat> you know, if we, if we lost to Spurs in the Cup... Um, Although the FA Cup final was weeks. I mean, weeks. I, I, I've never experienced anything like it. Yeah. I just couldn't... I couldn't get over the fact that we were eight minutes away. You know, I was, I was like a... A pub team could keep Man United out for eight minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, a non-league team don't lose a goal in the first eight minutes. You know, it's just eight minutes. Yeah. You just... That was a blow. Yeah, but, but you know it's 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 what we're trying to achieve the big picture and all those you know those moments it's when you lose and you know it puts you on the back foot relegation wise and you're going to be in and around there and although you believe you know that the team's good enough and that the you know obviously have got unbelievable faith in the team and the manager and all that kind of stuff there's no accounting for luck yeah. you know no. there's no accounting for luck in football we've just been talking about expected goals models and where we should be but 38 games is quite a small sample size and, and you can get bad luck. And of course, if you feel that it's gone against you so far, then you've got a smaller sample size where you could possibly continue, you know, 10 games, 11 games. It's not impossible. Injuries, you know, a massive, massive part of this league, you know. And, and then, of course, when you get the injuries and maybe you don't feel like you've got the depth, then you're mm. chastising yourself for the strategy that you've, run and and obviously you're learning from that process that's the positive part of it you know when you go in there it's a little bit like the adrenaline that you get just before you you know for you go on stage or when I used to do a pitch in advertising you know I'd be changing the thing right up to the last minute because you suddenly get all this inspiration you know because of the yeah. endorphins and the adrenaline and and it's a little bit like that with managed despair <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. I mean of course you just got to be careful you know because there are times when it's just so black that you if you didn't have any perspective in your life you know in those moments it, 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 it's just it's all you can see isn't it it's ridiculous isn't it I saw Russell Brand talking about being a witness to your life rather than yeah. you know that these things they're all imagined realities, aren't they? The whole society yeah, yeah. construct is an imagined reality. You know, none of it, as animals, we don't behave like this. You know what I mean? I wasn't, you know, if I was hunting on the Serengeti, I wouldn't care being in the depths of despair because Palace lost a game, would I? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's there's no, when you feel like that, there's no perspective, is there? But of course, when you've vested so much of your life into a project, 
it's it's other than that I think I'm pretty well there's also the, the fan element because you're a fan of this project that you're working on does that I guess that doesn't help doesn't it in these moments that adds no, a layer I don't... of pressure no honestly I don't I don't I, you know of course that hasn't gone but I think some of the fans feels bad you know I think if you're really vested in the club I, I wouldn't say I feel worse I know fans that you know can it's all my life you know if, if Crystal Palace have, have won or lost it's kind of been a bellwether for you know I've got off a plane and they won oh great I'll have a good day um, so I don't I, don't, I, I think for me it's more the responsibility and that's one thing being a fan at least you can rail against the guy running it and you know he's an idiot and he hasn't done this and I'd have done that and all that kind of stuff and you can make yourself feel a bit better well at least it's not me mm. I think it's much it is a little bit worse because it's but then I do take it as a learning experience you know if you think that you've still got a fight in you and you've still got a chance to get to where you want to be you know you've got to accept that there are bumps along the way and of course there's a really positive thing about it is you, you find out an enormous amount about yourself yeah and it's not really about um, it's not really about it's, a, it's about how it affects you and how much you can keep calm and continue to do sensible things with a long-term view in those moments. And I'd say that's the most difficult thing about a public project mm-hmm. and about something where there's you're not entirely in control of it. I mean, at the end of the day, the ball goes one side of the post. Yeah. We're three points off relegation. I'm an idiot. The ball goes the other side of the post. <laughs> we're three points off 10th. And suddenly, you know, I mean, the fickleness of people is extraordinary. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, you know, pages and pages and pages of what an idiot I am. And then when we finally have a good ending, it's like, oh, I'll be the best chairman we've ever had. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I can go back to quite a lot of things you said where it wasn't. Um, so I think you've got to use it as a learning process. And of course, but you have to be careful of your own mental health I suppose you know you have to you have to constantly can I manage this can I handle this you know because mm. this is pretty where the place that you put yourself because you're only putting yourself there aren't you really well, you know, yeah, it's only yeah, your yeah. mind putting yourself there you know it isn't it's far more imagined than, than it's than it's real and of course I don't say it to elicit sympathy that doesn't help you know I don't say it to fans go oh you know he feels really bad you know it's kind of part of the process and you I think you've got to accept that if you're in something like this if you do stand up or you you know you put your you write books or you you know you put yourself out there and this is what I often say to people that have got all the answers honestly it's so much harder when what you are going to what you think is actually going to happen so that there'll be there's no hiding place afterwards so when somebody says I've seen this great striker from you know, Tim Buckto, who's, you know, scored 59 goals for his non-league team and you should take... And you're kind of like, if you were me, you probably wouldn't do that. I can see why you think you, we should do that. But if you were me, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. You know, pro- you, know you might, but it's unlikely. Yeah. Um, so, it, it's, I think overall it's been quite good for me, but it's tough sometimes. So that responsibility you were talking about, that's responsibility to yourself the fans the shareholders everybody 
everybody. I think that, you know, we've built a society where being a, delivering on your promises, um, you know, being a force for good, you know, are generally socially positive norms, aren't they? You know, that's the society we've built, you know, that affirmation. So, but also just because I, for whatever reason, I care about the club, you know, it's, it was rooted in me from when I was very young. I get, I'm a bit obsessive. I, I, I'm obsessed with why it's not where it should be. You know, I'm obsessed with the fact that when I was a kid, and I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of stuff in there, acceptance, and there's a lot of personal stuff probably in there as well. Mm. You know, a bit sort of, second best underestimated you know what I mean there's kind of a lot of metaphors for South London for yeah. for me for well I was going to say you because you you're born in Forest Hill is that right yeah what was what was school like went to Christchurch so I drove I was driving with Doug the other day and went past the house that I was born in so I was born three doors down from Philip Barton who still comes to the games with me and uh, went to a little school church school called Christ Church which is still there and from there I went to a school called Colfs which was kind of a grammar school when I went and then became a public school private school the year after I went there because everything went comprehensive and they yeah. became a private school standard kind of my dad was a trade union official so standard hypocrisy really <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, um, but it was great for me because Everybody was so bright there. It was a real sliding doors moment. My friend, Romick Mikulski, was my best friend at school, in, in the primary school, went to the interview the day before me, and you didn't have an entrance exam, but you had an interview. Oh, okay, yeah. And there was a maths question. The maths teacher asked you 13 times 14, and he came back and he said, they asked you this question 13 times 14, or 12 times 15, you know, something outside the tables that you would... Noah's rope something you had to work out yeah. so I worked out all the variants of it and what I've learned about myself in later life because I'm good at maths but I'm not good at remembering things so I, was, I never remember oh, my okay. timetables anyway particularly because I just can't remember terrible names terrible with those you know if I'll get a fact nearly right but yeah. no good at exact you know what I mean I know that the it was a 1840 something you know yeah, I'll be yeah, there yeah, or thereabouts yeah, 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 but yeah. I'm not you know and of course um, exams anyway he told me this answer this question and to this day he didn't get in which I'm convinced you know back then was some kind of you know he was Polish and okay yeah. do you know what I mean I'm a, yes. I'm, I just because he was so much brighter than me it was just, I was astounded but of course to this day I think I got the he gave me the answer to this question He's probably around. I've never seen him, but you know, he's a lovely, lovely kid. And I'm convinced that's why I got in, because I'm not sure if he'd have just thrown it at me that I would have been able to do it. All the rest of it, you know, was fine. All the, you know, yeah, five yeah, or yeah. six interviews. I was, I was that one, fine. that one, that one question. moment yeah. might have been the moment. And then if you didn't go there, you ended up at Dakers Road, which was no disrespect to that. You know, wasn't academically a good school. No, and I definitely needed people around me to drag me up you know I, I, to aspire you, do you think? no I think I needed yeah. I mean I wasn't a particularly well behaved 
it's a bit argumentative with teachers I think in an environment where everybody was doing that mm. I think it, I would have been a disaster I would have sank back into the pack I would have probably you know just fallen in with the wrong people and yeah so Colts was it's this great school it's a very varied background of kids um, but with a you know you're going to get eight GCSEs if you come here that's what you're going to get mm. you know we're going to get you to eight GCSEs and most kids did and then we're going to get you three A levels and you're going to go to university I didn't go to university that was me my little bit of bucking the trend and being different and not really thinking like everyone else why, why was it why was it not university I was I was putting up full ceilings for a mate of mine I was making quite a lot of money okay. and um, you know universities were quite grungy places weren't they you know I lived really nicely at home and you used to live like the young ones that was all <laughs> yeah. the young ones was on wasn't yeah, it that yeah. was my idea and everybody not like now there's all this beautiful student accommodation yeah, yeah, but yeah, everyone lived in grungy houses yeah. sharing a can of baked beans and yeah, you know farting a lot yeah, and, nasty, you know yeah. and all that sort of stuff that you know and the exactly people didn't wash and yeah. you know they looked like punk rockers you know and it just wasn't for me at all mm. um, so I decided not to go and then I don't know my dad because he said you're not going to put full scenes up for the rest of your life so he sent me for an interview somewhere and I got the job and then I lo- and I loved it I loved I was fortunate it's another fortunate moment you know just found a job that I love to do mm. what was that then so that was, it was graphic arts really it was c- computer graphics so the kind of things that you do on your phone with an app but it was the first yeah. first stages of it so I was apprenticed basically as a retoucher um, what was called a scanner operator so back in those days now you take a picture with your phone in order to do that you had a million pound machine that yeah, sat yeah. in a room in an air conditioned environment and you stuck a transparency on it you know the only thing you could shoot colour from a camera was a transparency which you then would stick on this drum and digitise it. Oh, okay. And then, but there were no, we had the first um, retouching systems which were Quantel paint boxes, but they come along after, long way after I started. I was retouching things by hand with etch and chemicals oh, and, okay. and all that sort of stuff. So I was apprenticed in all the old ways of doing things. But I loved it. Just loved, loved the fact that we were producing these images, manipulating these images yeah. conventionally that you then see on billboards and it's all did you like the creative aspect of that as well do you think yeah I liked well the, again you know the luck so I had a computer studies OA level for some reason I decided to do an extra subject which was extraordinary for me I mean I don't know <laughs> where that came from that I was going to do any extra when I was at school and I mean it just it just it shows you it really I mean all I did was play football every day at school but the school was so good, they got you through exams and the people around you were so bright. Mm. I remember coming out and working and just honestly just being amazed that people weren't all as bright as the people that I've been to school with. Um, so I did this computer studies OA level. So when I came into this environment, which had been a craft, you know, it was, a, it was all about etching chemicals mm. and staging paint and masking things and cutting things in manually and and you had to do the same thing four times because you were doing it on basically on print material so you had a Simon Jenny yellow and black so you had to recreate yeah. each thing four times manually to weeks to create one thing yeah. and then suddenly they had all these computers land and none of the people that worked there just 
just couldn't learn them. I mean, they mm. just there were a few, but most of them just alien things that had arrived. These computers and and so I was literally the one I man the land of the blind. Well, literally, yeah, yeah. I had a computer studies at A level. I remember um, <coughs> this machine used to generate a step wedge, which went from naught to a hundred, so solid black to completely um, white, and then there were dots. And one of the guys, and there were thirty-two steps. And one of the guys said, "Right, I want you to write down next to each step what the percentage is." So I just just did works thirty-three basically. So it's three point three three each step, right? And he looked at me. He went, "You're not normal." <laughs> <laughs> so I said, "Well, so you're meant to guess. You're meant to look at the dot size and guess." I said, "Why would you guess? Yeah. Why yeah. would you guess?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I just really rapidly got on there, really. I mean, by the time I was still an apprentice, I was running a department, and I met a friend of mine who's, you know, his dad owned a bit of the business, but he worked in the business. He's a friend to this day. Came, ended up coming to work for me, Tim. And it was just fun. You know, it was just work was fun. I enjoyed what I did. You saw the fruits of your labour on billboards and magazine pages all over everywhere you went. We were making lots of money. Um, we worked incredible hours. I was learning stuff. Um, I, I loved computers. You know, I wasn't a computer genius by any means, but you know, in that environment, I knew a lot more than anybody else. And it was a closed shop; you couldn't even get in. So, <laughs> they couldn't, yeah, yeah, wasn't like anyone could get into yeah. it. Or you know, obviously, as soon as the, the Mac arrived, I actually gave up retouching, and because I realised how talented everybody was. Mm-hmm. I mean. I created a career retouching uh, in my early years. You know, as the Quantels came up, I couldn't really draw. You know, I wasn't, I had no real talent, but I could make stuff work and I had a decent eye. I knew when it looked right. Um, and of course, with a computer, you just trial and error. You know, you just yeah, yeah, you make, yeah. it, make it work. But then when the Mac arrived and everybody had access, you just realised how talented the game people. changed. I employed, a, yeah. I employed a guy and I watched him and I was like, I'm so much better at the business element of this. I'll never, ever be as good as yeah as him you know and I so that was that was another bit of luck really do you think I know you talk about these moments of luck but do you think you'd have probably excelled at whatever you'd chosen <laughs> well I think what what I talk to people about you see I think life's a little bit of a pinball machine you know and it's it's like a pinball machine's random but it isn't yeah you know and it's it's all about what you don't want to do that that for me is the thing the question that every kid's asked is what do you want to do mm. at 16 or 18 and at, you know unless you're really vocational you want to be a doctor or yeah. you want to be an architect or something very specific who knows what they want to do you know and, and and as a consequence what most people do is they end up falling into something that they're either told to get into or they're they're just a job and then they're making some decent money and they've got a rent or they've got a mortgage or it's too late, you yeah, know. But yeah, yeah, you get stuck in you get stuck in it. Whereas, I suppose you need a certain innate confidence. But I just always thought, I'm not, I'm not going to do something I don't want to do. I'm just not going to do it. I won't yeah. turn, you know, I won't turn up. Yeah, <laughs> it'll just, yeah it's not. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. You know, I need to. And of course, when you've got great parents and you've got a nice, you know, we weren't wealthy bunnies, but we had a lovely little family home and get that that comes from family doesn't it you realise that as you're older you know it comes from yeah. that I didn't have to you know I accept that some people have to you know I get it you know I'm not but I had that 
little support net, yeah. yeah, you know, where I could. So I tried things, you know, I tried things and I went for a job in insurance, which is, you know, and I said no and I got struck off the recruitment company because it was 1983, Thatcher's Britain and, you know, at that time before, to be fair, she got it sorted out, you know, it was, it was, there were no jobs, it was, I mean, I was talking to Gary Crowley the other day, the 70s were a miserable place. Mm. miserable play I mean people you know should just need to I know it's difficult for people they need to look back I mean when we grew up in the 70s it was a grey horrible yeah. miserable <laughs> yeah. nothing was open on a Sunday you know yeah, you couldn't yeah. go anywhere and do anything half the time it was just nothing like the place that we've got you know the opportunities and, and everything we've got out there now so when you turn down a job turn down a job in insurance the bloke who interviewed me was racist um Racist is out and out racist. Is guy interviewing me? I just really? yeah, out and out racist. Um, I can't even tell you what he said. I wouldn't even well, repeat. He said it. these things in the interview. Yeah, nineteen eighty three. Yeah, you know, people said, and I, and I and I was, I'd never encountered it in my life. My dad never said anything like it. You know, and I just, I don't like don't, you. Don't, yeah. I've not worked for you in a million years. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, the job looked so boring. It was just adding up numbers and. On those old, because it wasn't even electric, it was noise, and they were filling in numbers on Excel, but like manual with rotor rings. Wow. And that was he didn't even try and sell the job to me. I just said, "What are you doing?" He said, "We'll see those people out there. They're adding up numbers. You'll be adding up numbers all day." <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, was, it's that, not that looks me. exciting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's the progression there? Yeah, yeah. it was in insurance. You know, you couldn't see it getting any better, could you? <laughs> so um, saying no. But, yeah. you know, having having the gumption to say no and to find something that you that that, that you want to do or you enjoy. Well, Giles and I were talking about this the other day, weren't we? Because obviously we're both sort of freelance creative people. About I think about getting a full time job somewhere every day. I don't know what. Probably not insurance. Think, <laughs> For I a race. Well, definitely not insurance because um, I'm terrible at numbers. I think about that every day for the stability, for the rent, for the regular income, for the holiday pay for the sick pay but I know that I'd be miserable doing it I know I'd hate it yeah. and I know I don't want to do it you can only be happy can't you there's no there's no higher state of happy for super wealthy people or for you know you can if you, if you get up every day and you've got that desire to go and do that's worth a lot of everything isn't it yeah do you know what I mean? It's worth a, it's worth an enormous amount, and I don't think, you know, until you've got some money, and of course, you know, there's a, you know, I'm not many more people that are wealthier than me, but I've got more money than I ever thought that I would have, and of course, it's a security that, you know, but none of that would matter if I got up every day and I didn't have a purpose for me, you know, and I didn't have a burning drive you know like all I care about professionally is this club you know and and getting it to where I want it to be and that's uh, that's not a burden if you don't have that in your life it's empty you know really to not have a purpose and it doesn't have to be a job I mean it can be your kids or your you know or, or, or it can be anything you know it just that's what will make you happy you know if there's stuff you want to do I think that people people get this confusion with mental health and success. And the people look at footballers and say, "How can a footballer be
be depressed. They're earning millions of pounds every year. But if that footballer doesn't feel like they have the right drive or the right purpose to do their job or lacks confidence, they will have the same issues that all of us will have, regardless of what you earn. Well, people that don't, people that have never been in the, you know, public eye or, or, or of any, you know, are open to public scrutiny wouldn't understand unless they abuse someone on Twitter and then you expose them for abusing you and then they get piled into by everybody mm. and then watch them apologise in four minutes yeah. they'll fold like a pack of cards mm. most of them because you know it, it, it's tough right and these guys get much more than me I mean I'm on the soft easy end of it you know the the, the managers and the and, and, and I've watched it in football I've watched it in in many elements of her life, but particularly in football, is that, you know, as soon as people that normally are in the shadow suddenly get put in the forward and be blamed for something, it's a tough place to be. Mm. Tough to keep your head in those moments. Mm. You know, and we were talking the other day about the... You know, we were talking about this incident where Sterling went over to the touchline, didn't he, and those two lads. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that worries me about that is it's only an issue because maybe it was racist I mean of course it's terrible it was racist but wasn't it terrible anyway yeah to, you know like yeah, any level of abuse it, it, is bad if I walked up yeah. to you at your lathe and screamed abuse at you you know as you I mean why in, in, listen I don't want to desanitize you know I don't want to make football benign and, and passion's great you know and I think you know if you're miles away from somebody really matter what you're saying does it you know but when they're yeah. going to pick a ball up yeah. and four or five people hurl vile insults at them I don't think that the human spirit is capable of just ignoring that completely and yeah. saying oh well it's just football you know I think that and, and, and of course these guys also have to manage you know, the adulation and the highs. It's very young men. And then coming down to a normal life, you know, in the week, much like pop stars do. And, mm. you know, it's a it's a thing that we all cover when we're younger. You know, we think that that's the ultimate thing. Mm. But, of course, it comes at a price. You know, if you're not ready for it and you're not balanced and, and, and you don't see it for what it is, I think, luckily, a lot of these guys are learning very early now, you know, that, you know, just because you get a million likes on Instagram and, you know, that that, mm. that that comes at a cost and you've got to keep your feet on the ground and you've got to live your life right. And that, what, it, It's got to be about the work. Uh, you know, for yeah. me, it's about the work, yeah. right? If, as soon as it's not about the work, um, somebody very close to me said that and they're absolutely right. As soon as it's not about the work, it's you've lost it, you know, and, you, and, and you're chasing things that aren't real. Yeah. You know, that, and, and, you know, even in my job, you know, the, the great press conference, because we've hired a, ma- a, a big name manager, <coughs> it's three weeks. You're still an idiot if you're losing games mm. four weeks, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah. no one go, oh, okay, but we all, we all thought it was a good idea three weeks ago, mm. because not their responsibility, it's my responsibility. And it, it, you, 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 the, one trait I think of people that are successful at anything is that they all forestall instant gratification for long-term benefit. Um, and 
that's what you have to do. You know, you have to have a long-term plan. But of course, it's everybody lives in the moment as well. And mm. for these footballers and for pop stars and for you know, it's 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 incredibly difficult and it's personal the stuff that people say. And when you're not training, you're sitting at home on your own. Mm. It goes round and round and round. Yeah, you you can create a bad place out of it, which is why you know we need to be aware of that and. We, <laughs> can't just say because someone's wealthy everything in their life yeah, is fantastic fine, yeah. you know it's, it's got nothing, it's, it's got precious little to do with it to be honest mm. have you found coping from obviously before 2010 cpfc 2010 started to now where obviously you are more in the limelight has that been difficult to cope with have you learned well, to I cope try with not it to, I, I don't i don't i don't encourage it do i i don't think i mean it's just about the work you know it's yeah. just about the club and the work the stuff that i do is about the club, you know, and of course we have media partners that we, you know, that put a lot of money into mm. the game that we like to try and and you and you and you have mates, you know, like you, you know, I'm doing this today because you're my mate, really. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing it because, you know, it it, it it becomes sometimes you just want to help people out in their new ventures or you know, I did the BBC halfway through, they asked me to do it, you know, it's BBC and. Mm gives them something to do at half time you know it's 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 so I don't I try not to court it really I try not to use the media you know in terms of that you know planting stories and yeah. all that you know we don't really do that as a club you know we try and steer clear of all that stuff and um, obviously sometimes you have to fight your corner a little bit you know from a PR point of view when you think that the PR is not right you know obviously you, you have to but um, it's about the long term. I won't, and but I've lost sight of that at times. So there's no doubt you get caught up in the maelstrom of it. You know, the you get a little bit ahead of yourself, and you and 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 you think there are shortcuts. Mm. You know, in my in my experience in life, there aren't any shortcuts. You know, there's just. I mean, of course, I was talking to a, we invested in a fried chicken chain. It's going right just as a side little thing, you know, and it, yeah. it, but we had some problems with it and some of the investors were from a property background and they're used to, you know, you invest in something, you build it, two years later you cash, you know, and they yeah, kind yeah, of expected yeah. this thing to hit big and that would be the thing and it turned out to be quite hard yards and casual dining sector has been hit quite badly and all that stuff and um, I said to them, look, I've heard about these businesses that just explode from nothing and people make... I've never ever been involved in one in all the business <laughs> I've ever been involved in all I've ever witnessed is you know and, and I think it's a big problem for young people because they think they start these businesses and they're all going to be Facebooks and they're all going to be I mean that's that is they're not even unicorns you know they're beyond unicorns yeah, you know they're, yeah. they're one in millions you know I think 90 something percent of startups go bust within a year really yeah it's, it's cra- a huge crazy number, amount of, really? crazy amount you know I mean the, the and when people come and you know when I invest in businesses and people say I'm all in and you know it is all I'm going to be doing I'm like well that's <laughs> that doesn't even that, that, <laughs> yeah, you're not even sitting in the, on the couch if you're not you know yeah um, yeah so I think that it's keeping your eye on the long term not getting caught up in the maelstrom of now and the darkness can make you want to just get out of it and I see it sometimes with other clubs and I really feel for them you know because where there's even a bigger noise and you just want to do something to make it stop yeah you know you just and and my job is to 
not ignore it, but to be very analytical about it and try and manage those emotions. And part of why I let myself sometimes go in there is because I need to come out of there with the right answers Mm -hmm. and not with the short-term answers that are just going to make me feel better in that moment. And that's... In anything you do, I think is the is the you know you need to know more about it than everybody else. You've got more facts, more knowledge. You need to be brutal, clinical with yourself, but not to the point where you start just trying to short-term fixes to literally make yourself feel better in that moment. Mm. When you know in the long term it's not going to make you feel better because you're going to fail. Yeah. You, what, you know your long-term prizes, and it, and if in the to get to the long-term prize, you have to do things that are unpopular you have to do them so do you apply that logic to managers because obviously sometimes long-term plans don't work out and a manager has to go or go yeah there's nothing i mean in terms of those times they're absolutely the epitome of those times you know when when it's going wrong you know that you know in all likelihood you've got sat the manager so you've got that period of do you start thinking about who and talking to people and you know will that get out if you do talk to somebody and the whole personal relationship between you and that person because there's a disingenuous nature. Do you know what I mean? You're trying to be positive with them, but you've got this nagging thing that maybe... um, And then, of course, when they're gone, the whole process of finding somebody, I mean, that's... I mean, I don't know if you saw a Deloitte's report with the 24th highest turnover football club in the world. Really? I didn't see that. Extraordinary. And... um, so you can imagine what a job it is to manage Crystal Palace Football Club. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's any any club in the Premier League, frankly. You know, we probably pay more. There's more chance of going on to, you know, doing it's the most exciting league in the world. Yeah. Everybody wants to either run a football club or come and manage a football club here or whatever. Um, so you're just inundated with, inundated with options and opinions. And of course... The thing about football is that everybody knows quite a lot about it. You know, people eat, sleep, drink, live and breathe football. Mm. Agents, fans, it's their, it might be their first favourite subjects, even beyond what they do for a living. You know, yeah. certainly yeah. their second yeah, yeah. favourite subject. Yeah. And most people can talk about football with some credibility. I mean, it's very rare that people talk utter nonsense to you about, you know, sometimes you Look at people go, well, that's just rubbish. But yeah, yeah. it's very rare. You know, most people have got an angle and, and you go, oh. So you, you have to be very careful to not become a product of whoever you happen to be talking to that, mm. that makes a valid point that cannot, you know, you, you, that's, in that moment, the single-mindedness about what is right for our club, where we are right now, who's going to take us to the next stage. Football clubs live forever hopefully you know there's not yeah there's yeah. no one person forever is there of course we all want you know i'd love to stay forever and you know but that's not a reality is it you know so mm. what's right for, for for where we are and um how, how do you manage that how do you get the right person on board what structure do you put around them who needs to stay who needs to go and i think it's it's a difficult times you wouldn't invite it you know I mean there's never been a moment where I've wanted to you know get rid of that because you know what a burden and a, and a problem it is is it important to get the right voices around you though to help you with that sort yeah. of stuff yeah so the people that care 
it's, it's simple for me. Mm. People that care, people that, you know, you can't in in, in any business. I remember um, years ago, I had about 10, 15 very senior people in my advertising business and I was on the verge of losing a big piece of business in America that was very, very important to us because it was the largest bit of business we had and it, it would have meant that we, we were just growing off the back of it and we were about to constrict. And we had a competitor that was saying things that basically weren't true, you know, and all those kind of things that, that happened. Not, not, not terrible things, but, you know, money that they could save that, you know, we couldn't save and all that sort of stuff. And I had a decision to make about whether I... Um, whether I went above the heads of the people that were doing that, which is always a dangerous game when you're in, because they all end up going somewhere else, and you know, you've, yeah, you've, yeah. I, you know. Um, and I got all our senior people in to have a chat about it, and it was kind of soul bearing. Mate, this is my business, and you want to be strong and look like you've got everything under control. But I was basically saying, look, what do you reckon? You know, if I go above this these groups' heads, it could cause all of you a problem at some point because mm. you're going to come up against them and. Our business has all been predicated on doing the right thing, being good people, you know, creating a lot of good karma around the business so that typically, you know, when you're in that kind of an environment, to win a piece of business, you need a lot of yeses. What you don't want is any no's. You don't want anyone to pick the phone up and go, oh, no, they, yeah. do you know what yeah, happened? Yeah. We were pitching and we were meant to control it and you went over my head and all that stuff. Anyway, and in that room, I could just feel that everybody wanted to try and find the right answer from one person there was one person in that room who number one well you're going to lose it because I know so and so and I so his first first thing that was important to him was to show everybody that he knew more than me and he was in control of it and I didn't really know what I was doing and you know and I, the, 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 what I took from that was that he actually didn't care what was best for the group or the business what he cared about was what was best for him and actually if we lost that bit of business it made him more important mm. so it, was not, it wasn't a piece of business attached to him And but he was probably our most competent you know he was an incredibly capable person but I knew he had to go got to go I can't have you I can't have people I don't know what you're doing when you're out there as this business grows you have more and more people out mm, I can't mm. control people every day I need to know they're acting the right way they think the right way they think about the greater good. Um, and I'd given shares to a lot of people. And, you know, I'm pleased to say, not in with any particular, I don't want, you know, he did okay, he went away and he did okay, but mm. didn't make as much money as he would have done, you know, if, if he'd stayed. So I wasn't asking for blind law, you know, it wasn't like yeah, I yeah, was, yeah. you know, yeah. you all got to toe the line, you know, it was just be a positive person, care about the group, care about, and I think I carried that into football, you know, in that more than anything, you need to know the advice you can't be looking sideways at someone mm. uh, I say it to managers you know it's very important that managers have people around them that they can trust and fill her on their page that don't want their job that you know it's it's a because it's a difficult environment as it is without thinking that someone's giving you advice you know that that, that you don't need so there are a lot of good people out there but you need the right people you know we're not I don't want to be a stepping stone or a you know in a perfect world you know we want people that can't always have that you know with players obviously yeah, sometimes course, yeah, but, yeah. but but you want to you want people that are competent capable know their job but that they care um, and, and I think we've got a lot of people in this football club you know from from the manager who was on the terraces when he was 16 
you know, to, to Dougie, who, you know, everybody knows his, his history with the club. Mark Bright, um, you know, I met just before I bought the club, who's just been fantastic because I know everything he says to me is from a passionate love for the club. He, you know, he wouldn't want anything bad for the club mm. in a million years, you know, and he certainly wouldn't want to advance himself, you know, above that. Um, and we brought... Clinton's back and the yeah. the you know people like that to do things on on match day and you know we, it feels good you know in that now of course you know we need people from outside of that and we've got a lot of people as well that don't have a history with Crystal Palace but I know that they care and they're positive and all that kind of stuff so it's absolutely essential to me that the people around in this case football club or any business are. 100% for the business mm. right they don't uh, and there's a really important distinction it's not 100% for you because if you're not doing the right things for the business then you should get out of there as well yeah. right so they're not there whatever I do to, for blind blind loyalty to me yeah, you know yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. control the flow of information of what people think what well, I'm perfectly prepared to, you can all think what you want I'm prepared to go against all of you and explain to you why I think I'm right and you can challenge it and all that kind of stuff, but that doesn't mean you can't have your opinion because I know your opinion comes from a good place. It comes from a caring place. It comes from a place where we all want this thing to, to get to where it's got to get to. And that that's my number one. Of course, people have got to be competent. You know, and we think we've seen in the last two transfer windows, you know, having Dougie back has been a massive improvement to, to what we're doing. Dougie would be the first person to say... You know, it's because of how well we work together, you know, but he's brought a knowledge of players and a work ethic and a drive um, to that and, and embracing all of the people that are already there that's, that's, I think, improved us. Now, it's not like I didn't know we needed that role. It's just I wasn't prepared to fill it with the wrong person. Yeah, sure. Um, because that's a very, very... You know, you're going to spend millions of pounds, tens of millions of pounds off the back of... You know, you need to know that that person is working for the right reasons. So I guess to do what you do, then you have to have a fairly good judge of character. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I I would say you know you don't always get it right because of time. Sometimes, you know, I like to collect people rather than hire people. You know, I don't like the whole hiring process. I think it's very difficult to interview ten people to get to a point where through an interview process, you know, all this Myers-Briggs and I, I just, I'm just not sure. Asking them 13 times 14. Well, <laughs> obviously that was a failure <laughs> for that school, wasn't it? But I'm just not sure that personality profiling, you know, I like people I know something about, people that I know, people they know, mm. people I've spent a bit of time with I, that's my preference it's not always possible but collecting people I think is always better than hiring people but then of course you have to be prepared to take a little bit longer yeah you know there's everybody wants to do everything quick don't they you know that's the problem particularly when you get outside money often it wants to do stuff quick so you know you need a patience and you need everybody involved for the right reasons and and and, and have a long term plan for where you want to be and I think probably I'm a bit slow because of that sometimes, but I think it's a lot less risky. 
because it's easy to get, you know, you hire, hire, hire him, hire her, hire mm. these people, put them all together and try and make it work, you know. And I suppose it's because, as well, you know, it's, people talk about being good managers, you know, and all that stuff. You know, it's hard to manage disparate egos and when people aren't on the same page. And, you know, you're giving yourself, I'm not sure anyone's that good. And um, if you do that, you end up with these kind of corporate environments where, there's a lot of work that doesn't involve movement. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of work that just involves placating people and managing people. It's all so debilitating and boring and time-consuming and doesn't move the boat anywhere. So I much prefer the shorthand of people you've worked with, you know, you know, and everybody just gets on with it. And most of the effort is going into moving the thing forward rather than it all kind of going sideways and, everybody having to make to feel okay and I always think if I'm going to go and work for a company if there's been a big high turnover of staff recently before, yeah I always yeah, think so it's mm, worth giving it something's not alright of course yeah and there's too many people that want what's best for them not what's best for the business you know and they'll see the business go backwards if it sees their career advance you know I can't I've no, I don't I can't bear those environments some people are used to those it's all they've ever been in you know, and they're used to those environments and they that's how they roll and they've got skills to manage it, you know, probably. But it's just... Do you think that's part of the formula that's helped you get to where you are then, doing that? Yeah, but I mean, it's, I'm not sure it's the best formula. I think that you can move quicker if you're prepared to take more of that on board and I don't like getting rid of people either. You know, I like to try and make it work, you know, and, and I try and see the good in people and get that out but of course it involves a lot of conversations and a lot of stuff that you know where I'd rather be talking to architects and trying to get the stadium yeah. done and trying to finish things off you know is the is getting rid of a manager how hard is that when you, especially like you're saying you don't like to get rid of people like with Frank for example which is yeah. obviously quite quick yeah horrible because he's a nice man you know yeah. he's nice, he's a really nice man you know, and he's a legend. I yeah. mean, you know, it's his something a little bit farcical, isn't there? You know, this guy in the <laughs> all-time all, yeah. great Dutch football <laughs> team. You know, um, but you know, sometimes things just aren't a fit, and and you have to. There's too much blame, isn't there? Now, and everyone wants to blame someone. You know, which is why I think through ten years, I, I think you see me try and take the pressure off a lot and say it's my fault I think if you go constantly back I don't really care you know it doesn't bother me so fine it's my fault mm. let's move on mm. because it's not getting us anywhere you know and, and and I there's a whole host of reasons why that happened that I could run you know I appointed him it's my, you know I can't I run this football club yeah so you know I take a sense of quiet pride out of some things that happen you know and I'm not going to allow myself to do that and I don't really care whether anybody else does you know what I mean I don't care I know when I've done something yeah. that's helped another event happen and I don't over, I don't think I over credit myself but I'm not going to under credit myself because I've got to get something out of it you know I've got to feel <laughs> yeah. like even yeah. they're, they're, they're lights that light the way aren't they yeah. you know they're same as being in the depths of despair are lights that light the way the moments where you've gone, oh, I did that and that worked and that produced some of that that got to that, 
you've got to lean on those as well. Yeah, Otherwise, you can't. Yeah. You've got no experience to make good decisions. But equally, I just take You know, if it's partly my fault, I just take responsibility. And as far as I'm concerned, everybody in this football club is hired by me. Everyone, because I hire the people who hire the people who hire the oh, people. Yeah, yeah. So it's all my fault. <laughs> it's all my fault. Yeah, that makes it easy for everybody. It's all my fault. And certainly in the case of Frank, we weren't ready for that type of a manager we just weren't ready now there's positives out of everything that happened and if you look back yeah. you know do we play a lot more football now than we did yes mm-hmm. you know are we a better passing team than we were yes you know there's a lot of good stuff that came out of um, that period mm. we just tried to do it too quickly we just tried to go too quickly from where we were for where we wanted to be and didn't do it with any real conviction you know, we needed to spend a lot more money in that summer to really go for it. But of course, you know, there's a lack of knowledge I felt about the Premier League, and that's just you, because football's football, but it isn't. You know, mm. we play we play quite a different kind of football in the Premier League, and unless you've really experienced it week in week out, mm. nobody's that bright. You know that they can just land especially when you've been at Dutch football and, you know, people don't play long balls. There's no, I mean, we don't play a lot now, but you do have to be out of yeah, yeah, the box. Yeah. And, you know, when we started the first game with two 19-year-olds at centre-back, mm. when you think that nobody yeah, in the yeah. Premier League probably ever played with two 19 I mean, when in fact, they could find a top six team, even when they won the league in the last game of the season, put two 19-year-olds out of centre especially against a team like Huddersfield who are going to press your eye and get in your face and all that kind but of But in those moments, do you feel like, does that, the fan come out and you think, Oh, I'm not sure about this. Or are you still is, thinking, I, okay, it's fine. I'm, I, I have I, I, to understand, right? I, for, for, uh, for this football club to punch above its weight for the period that it needs to until we can get the revenue streams that really should see us cemented in this and we can spend the money we need to spend of the 20 years under-invested mm-hmm. to get a decent academy, mm. you know, get a decent stadium, Right, that's all a drain on resources that mm-hmm. other clubs don't have. You know, even a, you know, if you look at a West Brom or a, and they've got all those things, yeah. right? So yeah. we're trying to buy players, stay in the league, and then fix this infrastructure and and and, and all of that kind of stuff. So um, every time you, you you know you make a mistake, it's a it's a it's a step back. But you you've got to analyse all of the things that you do because we have to outperform fundamentally to stay in the league mm-hmm. while we're getting to a point where we shouldn't need to outperform because we've got the resources that means we should we should be there. So it's how do we how do we consistently beat the system really? You seem to be quite good at sort of processing mistakes then. Cuz where a lot of people might end up in a blank moment making a mistake, you seem to be quite good at processing it and seeing it as part of the long-term game and part of the process. Yeah, I don't listen. I don't think. Oh, that's great. I made. You know, we we made a mistake. I made a mistake. So therefore, we're better off for it. But of course, you've got to see it. The feeling is, I mustn't do that again. Mm. I mustn't do that again in the moment. And of course, the most dangerous time is the transfer window, when everybody just wants to buy someone. Right? Mm. Everyone just you just want to buy someone. All the fans want to see is someone arrive. You know, and. It's just ridiculous, you know. I mean, it's it's and and hats off to Tottenham, you know, for 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 what they're doing. You know, you don't need to buy anybody. It doesn't 
buying a player doesn't put you up the league. You know, now there there are very there are soft reasons to buy a player and helping the supporters' belief system who are incredibly important to us. You know, when we when we I don't really know if the supporters now when I go down and see Roy after a game. He doesn't pay lip service to the fans when he says these things in the media. He's not He's not yeah. going, you know, oh, say something nice about the supporters. You know, I know like the supporters want the players to go over and clap them and, 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 and all that sort of stuff. Sometimes I see that at clubs and I wonder whether it's really meant. Do you know what I mean? Like, we love our fans. Like, Roy, I'll go down and the first thing you'll say to me, do you hear our fans today? Do you hear our fans today? It's like being at a home game. Unbelievable, you know he is. Yeah. It, it's it's just genuine, and and of course, for us as a football club, this is why this whole block E thing is probably more of a. You know, for us as a football club, the togetherness is. We have to, we've got to keep that right. That's our uniqueness, and of course, as you as you do better, and and people's expectation rises, and I get that, and I want that. Yeah. But we've also got to have some perspective. All of us have got to have some perspective on what we're trying to achieve in the long term. Because if we don't have that perspective, when we get too carried away in the moment, we'll we'll lose the big prize. Yeah. So, Steve, we normally end the podcast by asking our guests for their advice on blank moments for our listeners. Have you got any advice for anyone listening on how to deal with with blank moments? What the dark moments? You mean? Mm. I think. Look, they're the moments in life. I often say this about, in those moments, there's only one thing worse than being involved in Crystal Palace in those moments, and that's not being involved in it. That's the thing I cling on to. Like, imagine that you weren't able to make a difference to your boyhood football club. Imagine you didn't have the job that everybody wants. Mm. Imagine that you were on the outside looking in and, 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 and you and imagine you couldn't make a difference today. Imagine you couldn't wake up tomorrow and actually physically do anything to change the outcome. You were frustrated sitting at home, you know. So that's that's you know, and it's all about I suppose remembering the good things in your life, you know, and the the but that's what I cling on to the most. I don't I don't think, oh, I've got a great life anyway and it'll all be all right. You know, because I don't think if I'm floating around the boat in the ocean in two years' time and Crystal Palace isn't where I wanted it to be, that I'll feel, I think that will be a real dark time. I think that'll be really flat and will go on a long time. You know, so I just, I try and just, this is nowhere near as bad as it could be if you weren't here. So that's that's in, I suppose what I cling on to. It comes back to that purpose, yeah. thing that drives. Us. Of course, you think about your kids, you know, and and all the love you've got of your family, and you'll be all right, and you know what I mean, mm. and you know you cling on, you know, you, you, you and, and and the fact that it's just chemicals, right? I'm just, yeah. That guy over there is no imagination that I feel like this about. I can't imagine that I would feel this bad about this. Just can't even, you know, it's like we say, you know, about a football that's got, how can you feel that bad about yeah, that? None yeah, of what you're yeah. worrying about matters. It was just the bloke, he's gone home, he shouted at you, some abuse, or you read something bad in the paper. It's only a journalist who's got to write something. That's their job, yeah. you know. Yeah. But of course, it doesn't matter to you in that moment. And that's where, I was watching this Russell Brand thing. You know, you're witnessing. You need to be a witness in your own life because if you're witnessing that, you'd be saying to the guy, 
It's really matter. Yeah. No one really cares. You know, but we're in this public ignorantly society aren't we where people are we're always looking for heroes and villains and yeah, yeah. you know and yeah. when you're the villain it's tough so it's perspective isn't it somewhere you've got to get perspective on it cool well it's Steve brilliant. Parrish thank you so much for joining us on the Blank Podcast pleasure thank you Right, so there you go. That was uh, Steve Parrish, the Crystal Palace chairman uh, and businessman. First ever businessman on the yeah. Bank podcast. So well done to Steve. That is an accolade no one can take away <laughs> from you. Um, but what a great guy. Yeah, and thanks to Steve for that. I mean, we went up to his offices in Soho and um, it was really nice to sit down to Steve and, you know, talk about his life and career and, you know, about, you know, clearly his passion for the football club, which yeah. is, you know, came out in spades. And actually, it's quite interesting having had him on my other podcast, uh, the Five Year Plan, which is the best podcast available in all good places. Um, it was actually quite nice to talk to him about non-football stuff for a bit as well, yeah. and find out his history and how he got into the advertising game and what drives him. And he's a very interesting guy, very driven, very honest, cares a lot. I think he cares a lot about his job, Palace, doing the right thing, what people think about him. He, yeah. he's, he's very wired into kind of the whole zeitgeist of everything he, he does. And Yeah, and it was interesting talking to him about, um, it started off very early, and I mean, I think he says, and we're getting into this quite soon, um, the fact that he takes on board a lot of the criticisms. Um, you know, this is a project, the club, that he's so invested in, monetary and emotionally, and um, being a fan as well. And I thought it was just really interesting him saying about um, how, you know, if we've had a bad result, he will take himself off to Twitter sometimes. And that is actually a little punishment for him. Yeah, which is weird because yeah. normally you'd think businessy people don't, aren't in tune. That's more of a creative person thing mm. to do, isn't it? Get involved in the. But I guess, you know, he's come from, a, I mean, he's been in marketing companies and stuff like that. So I guess, you know, Steve has got a creative side to him. And yeah. um, I think, yes, business has, can be very creative at times. You know, you have to, you know create a path for yourself so yeah that was really interesting anyway i thought well thank you very much to steve yeah for thanks joining steve. Us. yeah really appreciate it and uh there if you want to get in contact with uh us at the blank podcast uh we're on twitter well twitter we were very active on aren't mm. we oh, we're, in, we're active on all we are active on all but we seem to get we seem to get tweets from people almost every day we and, do and, and they're all 100 percent of them really complimentary which yeah. is lovely i think you've got one there haven't you yeah we've got one from sandy bachelor who says finally got to listen to the Blank Podcast yesterday. Absolutely terrific stuff. Uh, wonderful episode with Rachel Paris. Definitely going on my weekly pod list. So that's nice. Lovely. Well, we're honoured to be in Sandy's weekly pod list. Thank yeah. you so much for that, Sandy. And it was a good pod. It was a yeah, brilliant, yeah. brilliant talk. As this is quite a funny one, actually, we got from Nigel Stewart as well. So I absolutely love the discussion with um, Jim Puddock. Oh, wow. On the Blank Pod yesterday. Uh, good to hear someone more or less my age who swears more or less as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Oh, that was a good pod. Wow, it was, was, yeah. Well, they've all been good pods. That was one of the first ones we recorded as well. It was, yeah. Good. Well, if you want to send us a tweet, we'd love it. And, you know, we might read it out in a future episode. Um, our Twitter handle is? At Blank Pod. And that's the same handle for Instagram and Facebook as well. If yeah, because we don't bother that. You Snapchat rubbish. <laughs> no, we're not. We are not a Snapchat. Or we're not. No. Our audience isn't no. generally on Snapchat. I don't, I don't think, think we're a Snapchat 
thing. Um, if you'd like to email us, you can at blankpodcast2018 at gmail.com. Thank you. And we will say, obviously, that you might have noticed that has changed from previous weeks. It used to be hello at theblankpodcast.com. We're having some problems with that one. Things are bouncing back. So email us at the Gmail one and we will see it. And we will reply to you. We will. Yeah, we hope so anyway. <laughs> Famous last words. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I think the last words, that's it for the podcast this week. Thank you very much to Steve for coming on. Thank you to you guys for listening and continued support. Uh, thank you, Giles, for being here. Well, thank you, Jim. Hey. And uh, we're back with you next week with another guest on The Blank Podcast. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.